so I get to have my best friend here with me on this episode and it's kind of like important because this has been my best friend for the last 25 years. So if you guys hear a little bit of rattling, it's just my for a few max. Don't mind it. But here on Just Be Real, we're going to keep it real. Enough of me chatting. Let's get real. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your girl, Just Be Real. We're back for another episode and this is called C Cubed. Y'all probably like, what the hell is C Cubed? Well, I'll be more than happy to explain it to you. Okay, first of all, let me go ahead and find out what it is again. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I had a moment, guys. Like, listen, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm used to just being, it's just me for a while. So it's called cultural, what was it called, Jen? Cross, <laughs> cross-cultural, I don't remember. Something cross-cultural with, connection? Yes, there that's what go. it was. Cross-cultural connection, C-cubed. Cross cultural. See, this is why you gotta have a best friend who knows you and understands you, because then it's never that hard of a situation. Oh, I got you, man. I got you. But this is my best friend Jamie, guys. Y'all probably are like, this is the girl you talk about all the time. Yes, the same ones, but y'all be so ignorant and be like, oh, I never knew you had a white best friend. I don't want y'all to know, but I'm gonna tell y'all if I haven't told y'all. But y'all sound so ignorant when you say that. I'm like, why can't I just have a best friend? Why she gotta be white? But then again, this this will go, we'll, we'll, we'll get more into that in the podcast. Because, mm-hmm. like, we, the world showed us the color difference. We never really saw it. So, that's my best friend. That's my sister from another Mrs. and Mr. Like, literally, have known each other since first grade. <laughs> Jamie doesn't ever remember how we met. <laughs> I really don't. I so, just, whenever I have to tell this story, she's like, I don't remember this. But I just know we were in the same class. I just remember us being best friends. I, like, don't remember not being best friends with you but then again you know people tried to break me and jamie's friendship up so like there's probably some things where she probably compartmentalized some things where like she couldn't remember because i was also the same day of first day when she shared her cubby that amber was being a brat in the class as well and being her normal bitchy self and yes i said the girl name on here because i don't care yeah she like she like for real bullied me (laughs) literally used to bully this child for no reason Oh. And I want to say it was okay because I rather wanted to be your friend more than her friend. You know, I was actually thinking that when we were talking about her in the car just now. I think that's what it was. I think it's because I wanted to be your friend more than her friend, and I called you my best friend, and she considered me her best friend, but I didn't. Well, you did it because, her. like, you, your moms were friends. Like, it wasn't because you my, wanted to be friends with but her. But our moms didn't become friends until we were in Girl Scouts, which was until third grade. So, honestly, she was just a hater. She, hater. Yeah. Hater alert. Mm. But enough of me talking. Jamie, introduce yourself. Um, I'm Jamie. I'm Jess's best friend since we were, well, I was five. Yeah. Because I, t- I turned six in first you grade. Let me tell y'all something. Jamie, I don't know how she made the cutoff because there's always a cutoff and you have until like end of September and Jamie was born in I'll December. I'll tell you, White Plains' cutoff was December 30th. So you literally have one more day and your child got to be going to the next year? Yes. <laughs> Wondering. I'm like, how is this girl five in the first grade and she don't turn six until the end of the year? Yeah. And I always made the cutoff because my birthday is always a week before oh, school God. even starts. So, like, I literally made that cutoff because I originally wasn't in White Plains schools. I was in Greenberg schools. Oh, so let me tell y'all back how the, you know, backstory. So, I, like I just said, I was in Greenberg schools from, like, kindergarten and preschool. So, like, I never knew White Plains schools because I was going, I was at the state with my dad. So when I came to White Plains, they were like, you're going to go to Church Street, which my mom was so hell-bent on me going because her and my, my aunt went to that school. So that she was their knew. alma mater. She knew. So she was like, you're going to Church Street. Church is the school I went to. Da, 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 da. Like, that's a family school. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I just want to go to school. So get to Church Street. Now, that school used to be, seem huge to me as a six-year-old. 
And I don't know how, because I was always tall, but it yeah. was huge. And I walk, if I walk through them hallways now, I'm like, yo, why is this like a tiny house? It's miniature. So, <laughs> went to Miss Lopez's class, and they didn't have enough cubbies. So, Miss Lopez was like, who will be willing to share their cubby? So, Jamie very rapidly raises her hand and says, I will. So, I'm like, ever since then, we've been best friends. So, she offered her cubby, and we've been friends ever since. And there's literally a picture of her and I, like, I think on the first day of school. It was, I think actually it was my birthday when my mom brought cubby. Yes, in. for your birthday. And that's we were that, sitting next that to each picture other. Went, like, yeah, where we're like literally right yes. next to each yeah, other. That's, yeah, that was my birthday. And the rest is history, guys. And here we are almost 26 years later. A lot of y'all can't attest because a lot of y'all don't understand the value of true friendship. And she lives in L.A., by the way. I do. We live on two different coasts. So I call us the bi-coastal besties. Yes. We don't talk all the time. We probably not even talk. We probably talk more on social media than we do in real life, honestly, truly. That's true. But it's still communication, nonetheless. Well, also, you, you know, we don't need to be, like, all over each other all the time. Like, if you need me, if I need you, there's no question. Right. We tried to set up this whole monthly FaceTime thing. Oh we tried. <laughs> We tried is the key word. Is tried. We, yeah. we tried. But and life then... has life be lifing. Yeah. COVID be COVID. COVID and be COVID. <laughs> and then we stay on somebody highway, so it's really hard. Yeah. Uh, if y'all think I'm crazy for driving ten hours, imagine her driving three days cross country from LA to New York. It's like sixteen to eighteen hours a day. And that's exactly what she does on a regular basis. So y'all can never come for me again. Yeah. My little ten hours is nothing. And you hear poor Maxie in the background because he wants to get out, guys. <laughs> but you know he's trying to poke his he pokes his nose with everything, so he might knock over a mic <laughs> or something. A so we don't want to we don't want to take the chance. <laughs> but we're gonna go on cross cultural connection because I just feel like it's important we have these conversations, especially because like like we said, my best friend as you always as you guys always apparently point out to me is white and I'm black, and they're like. <laughs> How you get ass? Jess, your best friend's a little white girl. Oh my god, a black-eyed, blue-haired, a black-eyed, blue-haired white girl. Yeah, she's friends with your ratchet ass. I'm like, Whoa. I'm like, yeah, we've been friends since childhood. They're like, oh, that makes sense. I'm like, so what the hell? That means she can just be my best friend randomly just because, like, in my adult years, and I could have randomly met her offensive much i mean i think we would have been friends if we met as adults i feel like we would have been friends too because yeah. we're chill yeah but it's either way that's i feel like it's a conversation to be had especially with everything going on in the world and y'all always hear people because i'm always going for black advocacy and i speak about minorities and people of color mm-hmm. but i wanted y'all to have somebody else's perspective because i can't speak from the other side of the line because i don't live on that side of the line because i don't have privilege and unlike most that y'all claim that y'all have allies have they used their privilege for you at any time in your life then that means they're not a true ally. That just means that they're fucking. You know what? I'm not gonna go there. Point of the matter is, Jamie's always used her privilege for me in many situations where my color became a uh, ordinance of why a lot of things didn't happen. So we're gonna go ahead and have this conversation because it's necessary, and I feel like I need to just tap in. So, when we met in first grade and ended up being best friends forever, did you ever feel there was a true difference between us? You know, the only difference I really saw between us was that you were like a strong person. And at, I was probably tall as hell too, towering over <laughs> When I say I was towering over kids, yeah. I'm like, yo, how am I almost damn near taller than the teachers? Well, like for reference also, at, as an adult, I'm only 5'2". <laughs> So and I stand proudly at five ten. <laughs> yeah, and I had to be like almost damn near like four four foot in the first grade. I'm pretty sure I was. But yeah, like I mean, that was really that was really the only difference was like I was like actively being bullied and like felt like weak, 
And you, like, I mean, listen, to be fair, I knew that if I told Jess the extent to which stuff was going I was on. I was Oh, yeah. I mean, you knew some stuff, but you didn't yeah. know all of it. And um, She did that. She did that for y'all. For whoever it was, y'all better be glad she saved y'all 26 <laughs> Amber. years ago. Oh, yeah. That list. It was we'll just get, Amber. Nobody we'll get, we'll get into Amber. We'll get into Amber. Um, Amber Francis. Yeah, I said your name. Your whole government. So the world will now know we are talking about you directly. Yeah. Because, you know, I said it to your face already, so it's not like the podcast is going to be any different. That's true. Um, but yeah, that was really the only difference I saw. I mean, we both had single moms. That part. We, like, both loved the Spice Girls. <gasps> the Spice Girls came out. Okay, so, so y'all know why y'all was like, why you was the Spice Girls stuff? Because Spice Girls literally came out the year we met. Yep. And that was our connection. Yeah. We were like, hey, you like the Spice Girls? I like the Spice Talk Girls. Talk about sticker books, cell phones, every the, trinket you can think of we had. The lollipops. The Chupa Chupas. Those were the best. I still I have my, my my book. Do you really? And the bazookas when they had it in the bazooka pop still it was the. It my was mom got time. rid of all of that shit. <laughs> um, my Pokemon card's gone. Um, Pokemon two. And, uh, you used to be a Beanie Baby head too. Yep. Yep. I still have. You know, I still have a few. I have a couple too. I have my first one that my grandma got me, and I have like a handful of other ones. But yeah, no, like it was that. There were, I really, you know, we were so similar personality-wise. Yeah. We just, like, had a great time together and would, like, wanted to, like, spend time together. Yeah. Like, it was just easy. I don't think that I ever saw a difference. Yeah. I think the only difference I ever saw between us was the fact of our religious beliefs. That was pretty much it. Which also, like, didn't really feel like a big factor when we were little it kids. It wasn't. You know, like, yeah, like, I Because I was to, interested. Yeah, like, I went to temple... You went to church. It wasn't like a crazy thing. Like I went to Hebrew school. You went to Sunday school. It wasn't. It wasn't like a huge difference that we really noticed. Other than it was like, hey, do you want to come to my holiday? Do you want me to come to right. your? Like, let's do it. Um, and us forever trying to have our parents let us. If it was up to us, we would have been at each other's house every weekend for sleepovers. If yes. it was, and our parents were like, girls, you got to give each other space. Yeah, we're, we're like, like, for what? Why? We're best friends. Why, why do we, do we have to do that? That's <laughs> so crazy. Why do we need space? Like, the majority of the pictures, I'm sure Jamie's mom has Miss Val, who I love. Mm. Um, by the way, Miss Val, if you listen to this podcast, I would love some potato latkes or, you know, some multiple soup. Just saying. <laughs> She'll send you the recipes. We'll call just, her after this. Just saying. Yes, I am in love with some matzah. If you guys don't know, I love matzah. I will eat it for snacks. I will just have the best time of my life. Um, and Jess Jamie's buys, mom. You buy more matzah than I do. I I, I, I probably do. Every Passover, I get a text. <laughs> I, I do. Every, I do. Every Passover. Yes, and I never forget Passover. I never forget any of the holidays. <laughs> and I'm like, Jamie's the only one. My friends are like, how do you know about this? I'm like, duh, my best friend's Jewish. So are you stupid? Like, hello. <laughs> I know about the Torah. I've been to temple. I've read the Torah. I know the fact that everything's not read from left to right, but right to left. Like, hello. These are simple things you should know, people. Educate yourself. So Passover is like fun and interactive. So it was like it a is. good. It was like a good one, and the foods were all good. Yeah, <laughs> potato lockers are just just my weakness. I just haven't yeah. had a potato locker any as as great as Miss Vows, and I don't think I ever will. <laughs> I don't think I ever will. But I think that was the only difference. It just, it wasn't really, like, these big noticeable differences. No. And we also grew up in such a diverse place. That part. That, like, it didn't seem weird because it's, like, it's not like, you know, I was the only Jewish kid or you were the only black kid in our school. So, like, none of it was, like, a weird, you know, thing. It was, like, 
We went to school. Because we had Pakistanis, but, Iranians, we had Indians. We had everybody in our class. When I was in college or grad school, and I, I uh, for the podcast, I have two degrees in education that I'm not using. Say it louder. I have two degrees in education that I am not using, but I have a master's. Mm. I can nobody can ever take it away from me. Period. Um, but I had to do like a demographic study on the school I was doing uh, my student teaching in, which was White Plains. White Plains is fifty percent Hispanic. Like always has been. It all because yeah. you know the street next to mine is Harding, and that's where the majority of them reside. <laughs> Hello. But yeah, there was never a difference. I don't feel like there was. I feel like if there was a difference, people like Amber pointed it out. Yeah. Outside of yeah. It was never something you or I was like, we, were, we weren't acutely aware of these differences no. that we had because we were just best friends and who cares? Right. And it's not because, like, and I'm not going to say because we were colorblind because we weren't no. colorblind, but we weren't raised by our single moms to make that a factor. It's like, learn a person for who they are. And if they show you something differently, then you look at the other attributes and factors of yeah. why they act the way they act. And if the color happens to be the reason, then you can make the diagnostic. Our moms also were like really encouraging of us, like being open-minded to other cultures like that part you know i mean it was never a question they were su- I mean, they were also super encouraging of our friendship because like they saw huh. how much we uh, love if y'all don't know my mother has me and jamie a picture from us in freaking first grade as her lock screen i was gonna say <laughs> i'm like lady i look at her phone i'm like that's me and jamie she's like i know it's my favorite lock screen mm-hmm. i'm like you you're a weirdo with her. <laughs> she's like, I love Jamie. Uh, I cannot wait to see her later. Oh my god. She's so excited. She's I like, I gotta make her. sure I go get my hair fixed because Jamie's coming over. I'm like, girl, nobody think about you, girl. Bye. I love her so much. You can have her. I just like I have the best <laughs> memory. <laughs> Don't tempt me, I'll move her out to California. Listen. <laughs> Listen. We'll be making jello shots, texting you. And she loves some jello Jackie. shots. Oh, don't I know it? Um but I like the best memories of like coming over to your house, especially, especially with your grandma and we would like, just sit in our we would sit in her room with her and just like listen to her talk and that was like she adored you i loved her so if y'all don't know my grandmother passed away like eight years ago and that was my best friend and a lot of the times when we did have like half a days or like you know we would get out of school early even though jamie lived down the street my grandmother would come to pick me up from jamie's house and my mom would be at work yeah or like jamie would come to our house because my grandmother was you know available and her mom would be at work before Stephen came into the picture oh yeah Steven's and like she would always kind of like be like the caretaker for like both of us when our parents were busy working so yeah talk about when i say jamie's family she's family because my grandmother don't didn't like many of my friends and the <laughs> only one she would ever reference is jamie it's right. jamie davis okay uh loved her and your mom i i just like i just loved being at your house like and just like hanging out or like in the summer coming to your birthday party which was like oh, always yeah. felt like a big block party it was so much fun because normally the block party was two weeks before my birthday <laughs> so my mom used recycled stuff from the party i'd be like ma'am can we get something new <laughs> but you know but i feel like because you're jewish and have always welcomed me to like we said your cultural practices and how you know how was the world viewed through your lens being that you were of jewish faith because we all heard of the holocaust but i don't think i've known anybody personally who comes from descendants of people who were primarily affected yeah. dude i didn't even i told you earlier i, know. I didn't even i was know. not trying to put y'all on the team trying to make it seem like she already knew about that yeah no like so i i always knew i guess once i became aware of the holocaust i knew that i had relatives who were affected but i just found out like a couple of weeks ago that it was my great-grandmother's siblings who like my great-grandmother escaped from germany to the uk 
like that's when she left was to avoid the Holocaust and to avoid being in a concentration camp. But I think, I mean, we didn't really learn about the Holocaust till like middle school. So Mm -hmm. it was probably a little bit different. I always, you know, I grew up going to Hebrew school and knowing that it was different than like church and Sunday school. I remember like going to church with a friend and they like brought me up to the front when they were like getting the body of Christ. And I did the whole thing and they didn't give it to me because they knew. (laughs) And just be, they gave me the wine though, gave me the wine though. Oh, yeah. Um, But, no, like, I think, you know, it really affected my worldview. Like, it it really, it's a really big concept, right? And so when I learned, I remember it being in middle school at at Eastview when we stopped going to school together. Yeah, we Um, we actually ended up parting ways. After elementary school, we went to two separate middle schools. But we came back in high school, though. We had a couple of good hangouts, though, in middle school. We did. We were like, we "We need to hang out. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, Like, made pizza and watched The Color of Friendship. Oh, yeah! I remember that! You came over, and my mom and Steven, like, went out to dinner, and we just hung out. Yeah, and they left us us at home by ourselves. And we literally didn't tear up the house. No. We were good kids. We were good. We were good. Um, Surprising or not, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> especially I think I'm ratchet. I was a really good kid. And if I was a badass, it, I was always secretive. It didn't happen until high school. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. At the very least, you didn't get caught. Yeah, I never got caught. Thanks to Angel. Shout out to you, Angel. <laughs> but, um, no, it's a it's a kind of a big thing to learn um, that your ancestors were, like, systematically murdered. Um, and I always felt really sensitive about it. And I remember doing a project on the Holocaust in middle school and just sitting in front of the computer at my dad's sobbing because how horrifying it was and how, I mean, even now, like the, the Holocaust deniers, it just is so beyond horrifying to me because when we forget and when we don't keep these things at the forefront, that's when history repeats itself, Uh you know? Like, I don't remember who I was talking to, but I mentioned something about the Emmett Till anti-lynching bill that just was signed, and I was like, Which is a disgrace. The fact that it was just today signed, horrifying. But these are the things that we need to not forget, right? And the fact that we can't know what she really said in her testimony when she admitted she did it until she dies, I'm honestly, truly, I'm waiting for the day for Catherine to croak. I know it doesn't sound right, but it is what it is. No, no, I'm waiting too. I want to know what the hell really happened because she literally cost this boy his life. Well, I mean, but we we know what happened. He was a nice little kid, and she was a horrifying, entitled white bitch. Bigot. Yeah. Um, But no, like, it's, I think it really gave me a sense of, like, being aware of history and wanting to be different and wanting to be really aware of the world Mm -hmm. in a different way because i think you know when you learn like when you learn the intricacies of these things it's like oh my god that's scary and Mm -hmm. and then you can see how it can be repeated especially because they try to erase it as if yeah. it never happened yeah like imagine like that's what i just feel like and i feel like that might not not saying that's on the same the holocaust and slavery are not on the same level we all know this because everybody wants to have that controversial conversation but the fact that your history is trying to be erased by americans yeah who are not even original americans because this is nope. not even your original land that you stole from indigenous nope. people colonizers your colonizers are trying to whitewash history that you've created and it's on the forefront of your hands that are stained yeah. 
Yeah. I also, you know what I really don't get? Why we're trying to compare the two. They're atrocities. Hello. Why do they need to be compared? They're both horrifying and should never happen again. But why do we need to compare the two? People just feel like it's a justification for their, their ignorance. And I feel like that's because people who try to compare the two are not equipped to know both sides. So that's when people have the conversation. I'm like, don't have this conversation with me because, baby, I'm well aware, very enti- I'm very enlightened on both. Well, because I live one, but I'm well informed by yeah. somebody who actually understands that because that's a part of their actual religious yeah. belief. So I've been enlightened to know. Yeah. And now people feel like people just have opinions because, like, assholes, everybody got one. Yeah. But you don't do the research to <laughs> yeah. defend your theory, and it's literally an opinion and a fallacy. Yeah. I just, like, it's the, you know what it is, and I think that's with, as we've grown up for both of us, I can never understand your experience. You can never understand mine. Exactly. But the sympathy and the empathy and the care is there. Right. And that's the important part where it's like, yeah, I'll never know. And I will never claim to know what it is like to experience life as a person of color. Right. But I can be sensitive and I can try to use my voice and the privilege that I have to help in any way I can. And that's the important part. Like, that's that's what we can do, right? Is, like, just li- shut your mouth and listen. Right. And then act accordingly. Exactly. Move forward in the proper direction. In the right direction. <laughs> and I want y'all to know, because I know you're probably like, per people of color, that's not the same thing as black people, because I know there's some of y'all out there, but Jamie doesn't feel comfortable saying black. Well, it's not that I don't feel comfortable not saying fact, but black, like, but... As somebody who is now considered white, because we yeah. talked about this before, Judaism is an yeah. ethno religion, which I, every, Jewish people forget constantly because we were used conveniently for our numbers. But I don't want to claim that I can understand the experience that anybody who has skin darker right. than mine Just experiences. people. Yes. And y'all know melanated. Melanated. Y'all, y'all know, y'all, y'all run with melanin magic. So y'all understand what melanated means. Y'all get it. So, like, 26 years we've been friends, and it wasn't yeah. until the world showed us the true fact of me being black and you being white. And that's when we could say black and white, because it's literally yes. what they've yes. always displayed. Yeah. When did you know you had privilege, though? Like, when did you know, like, hey, I'm white, and I kind of can do something that just can't do, but why is that? Like, um, I, You know, I would say it probably started, like, trickling up early in high school. Mm-hmm. Where, and I think... For, for all of the great things about our school district and how diverse it was, by the, the time... academic excellence. <laughs> um, but it was interesting getting to high school and seeing how people would break off almost culturally in some ways, right? Where, like, we were still friends and we were always friends and we will always be friends, but the group of friends you hung out with most was black the group Mm -hmm. of friends that i hung out most with was white kind of just not intentionally for sure but i think that's when i like had the moment of oh and like looking around and really (laughs) and really seeing it but i think also at that point is like you know you're more aware of the world and, and you're really growing up but like i you know i remember being like more aware especially in college and seeing you know, the world for what it is and, you know, the things that are happening within law enforcement and really, you know, um, being pretty horrified and, and afraid, um, because I care so much about you and your, and like, literally, it wasn't just you as an individual, it was like you, your whole family, every single person that you represent and how like that's never been 
like my skin color is never something that would have the same effect or been on a threat. me. Exactly. And well, oh, I don't, I don't know if I ever told you this. In high school, we were reading Night by Ellie Wiesel, and Mr. Donegan said, oh. "You're not. You brace yourself. You're." Gonna I already know him because he's an Irish freaking. Yes. Freak. And see, okay, I made a TikTok about this because we always knew he was Irish Catholic because he never shut up about it, um, and his last name was Donegan, but. He, we were reading a book about the Holocaust, and he goes, you know, Aryan, like Jamie. And I was like, whoa. Not that I didn't know that I would have passed during the Holocaust, because I have blonde hair and blue eyes, and, like, that was, like, Hitler's whole master race thing. Yeah. But it was, like, that kind of realization, and then, like, looking at it through that lens. of, And I said, I literally looked at him, and I was like, I'm Jewish. And he just kind of glossed over it and kept going, because he didn't know what to say. But it was, like, in that moment where it's, like, that realization of I would have passed. Right. That it kind of opened up the, the those thoughts and those, like, realizations about the world that we live in. Which is scary. It's totally scary. Because you're, like, 14, you're going through puberty, you're going through your own transition, especially going into high school. So, like, yep. the way Jamie said we were in two different middle school, she went to East View, I went to Highlands. Now, I'm not trying to say this, but now that you brought it up, when I look at it systematically because of our school system, if you think about it, a lot of the kids that were in the Protestant that were black kids were at Highlands because it was easier to bust them there. It was more convenient to it's keep a, it an was eye. Bigger, and it was the bigger and it, it was, was bigger, bigger But nonetheless, it was yeah. right. We had a black principal. So it was like, well, they can relate and it's not going to be as much mission where I really personally felt like, and I'm not down to white playing school system, but they were like, we don't want these black kids at Eastview fucking some shit up. Like, you know, they changed it though now. Eastview is the sixth grade academy. Everybody goes to Eastview and everybody goes to Highlands now. They completely changed it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Eastview is all sixth grade. That's crazy. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. Why didn't they do that for us? <laughs> Why didn't do that for us? <laughs> but if you thought, and if y'all, when I looked at a lot of kids who were black that went to Eastview, they weren't the ones that hung around kids that, like, I would hang around. Like, I, like I'm going to tell you, I would feel so awkward in my AP's honor classes because the black kids in my class, weren't considered black enough and i was the only black girl in the class that was black enough where i could literally leave my ap class and still go hang on my friends that's from the project that's out here fighting like and they were like jessica how does that work i'm like because they're still my friends like and a lot of the girls that i was in class with was like i'm like okay well that's not me like i'm not changing who i am to conform well, also, and they, and, and you know what, if that's, if that's who they were as a person, they're not changing to, to exactly. either. I've never understood the like, oh, you talk white. What if that's just the way you talk? Or what maybe if I'm all... just able to articulate. Yes. But like, I don't, you know, it's the, it's these weird, like nuances, nuances. and it's like gross. Like just Grow be, up. yeah, just, why can't we just let why people, people just be, be what they are? Yes. Took the words right out of my brain. Because, listen, everybody knows I'm an avid book reader. My vocabulary is mad, vastly extensive. Yep. But if I have to curse you out when I have to use my vocabulary, <laughs> just know it's not nothing that's in the good starts of you on your hand. You better back the fuck up. But it's just like, I just always, that's when I realized, and I'm like, yo. And then when I got to high school, it was even more prevalent yeah. when it came to your advisors like or your guidance counselors. Yep. Like A lot of the black kids had the black advisors and the black counselors and the only person that they would normally have in like North House and South House is like you have Mr. Eaton. Mr. Eaton was considered to... Mr. Eaton was an advisor back when my mom was in high school so y'all can do the math, okay? <laughs> oh, so he knew he my so mom great. and knew me off of my mom but like a lot of the black kids related to him because he had the way of connecting with 
with kids outside of you know just his complexion yep so like a lot of us got assigned to him as our whole house advisor when we had doc you know miss king and all the all of the rest of them like you know what i'm saying but it was not much melanin you would see and like me and i could speak for myself too and a lot of my ap's and honors classes there weren't that many african-american teachers teaching that the only person of color i had as a teacher for honors was mr polanco and he was a puerto rican teacher yep he taught my English honors class, my English lit class. The only black teacher I really had was Mr. Nerdin, and he was my social studies teacher and my AP social studies teacher. Yeah. That's the only, and he was very in tune and very inclined. Like, when I mean he opened my eyes to be aware, and then I had, you know, Miss Gillings Gale for black awareness. Like, I didn't see much of that in my classroom because a lot of my teachers were white and they would be looking at me like well and i'm not gonna hold you and i'm not gonna put out his name because he did teach my english lit class and he was bald and he was a caucasian man <laughs> mr donahue <laughs> but um he would look at me like i would never like he would give me stuff or like not pick on me in class because i wasn't a margaret brown or i wasn't Ooh, one of those type of yeah. girls so because I dressed, didn't dress how a Margaret Brown would dress, and I dressed more of an ethnic, you know, urban wear, he would look, the, he used to look down on me, but the whole time, I'm blowing the shit out the water on Macbeth and half the bitches in this class, like <laughs> Margaret's and shit. Like, so stop trying to look it down, and that's when I feel like I really experienced the difference was then, was like, damn, so I really am a little black girl to you. Okay, cool. Wow. This is crazy. I literally just went through like because you had Megan Warner who's in the class too. He beat all of her ass, and I'm like, oh, okay. Maxie, Max Max is trying to give me kisses. Oh my gosh, you got me on the forehead, kid. It's like I love you, Aunt Jess. Of course I I know. Got me on the forehead, but that's when I really feel like I saw the differences with us, and I was like, yo, there's gonna be battles I have to fight because my, my my mom and I we've never had that talk. About me being a black woman, and it's and I think it's important that a lot of parents are doing it now. Yeah. So your kid is not. I wouldn't say I was oblivious because my little badass was always in the streets. And again, like I said, my friends were from the projects or from the hood. So like I was streetwise, and I had book smarts and not you know street smarts. But it was like I feel like to know what it comes with the circumstances that your skin might be a threat to somebody, yeah. where they feel they could just disrespect and do whatever, and nobody's gonna really care, like, because you're literally just another number. They want to try to have you, it's like pretty much from this, like how they have the whole thing with the barter from the school system to the prisons. Like, yeah. they want to find a way to hem you up because you're messing up and maintaining their American dream for that 1% that's successful in this world. It's so gross. And I was like, okay, so this is where I'm going to really have to realize, like, okay, so this is, and that's when I realized what white privilege was. I was like, wow, you can be a Megan Warner, never come to class, be on the same basketball team and have the same athletics and really never be on the field and be a bench warmer. And you get a pass for you not doing your test, but I don't do it, and I'm scrutinized, and I get a zero on my report. Like, what? Yeah. But we're on the same basketball team. We play for the same team. Yeah. We're in the same class. So because we're both we're both the same height, but because she has blonde hair, blue eyes, and I have more texture. Got it. My melanin threatens you. Got it. Cause you feel like I shouldn't be here. Understood. So I was like, oh, this is why I realized, like, okay, so I'm really going to have to have an advocate because there are battles I'm never going to be able to fight where they're not going to give me the time of day to even entertain me. Which is so ridiculous. You're literally one of the smartest people I know. And it just... No, but but it's true. Like, and you always have been. You've always been incredibly driven and studious and interested and... Don't make me cry. No, but it's, it's so true. And, like, I mean, you, like... I just, it, 
coming from the coming from the way that we grew up, especially how you and I really grew up together, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. But I've never told you this. So I have thought heavily about adopting when I have kids. And for me, you know, I want to just adopt a child who needs love and a home, right? Period. Period. Regardless of their skin color and what they look like. But I've had that thought of, oh, shit. If I (laughs) Max, come on. If I adopt a a black kid, I'm going to have to have that conversation and really be an advocate. And what is that going to look like? And and how important that is um but what's what it is actually kind of surprising to me that your mom never had that talk with you because she, she, never had she your mom out of everybody i know your mom and grandma are strong black women and that's the problem they've been holding the strong black woman stigma for so many generations i'm trying to break that curse because yeah you're doing it out of trauma it's a trauma response no and, and i don't want to have that be yes. with me with my kids yes and I think that, like, really head-on addressing of it and, like, being very conscious of, like, this is the person I am, you're taking ownership back. Right. Because, like, I mean, Reclaiming even... Reclaiming my time. Yes. But, like, the fact that we look at elections, right, and black women are always the ones who are voting, like, the quote-unquote right way. And, what like... Black women are constantly saving the society and they, they get no fucking credit. Y'all heard what she said. Y'all <laughs> heard what she said. Jess, you literally saved my life in elementary school, like probably more than once. Yeah. Personally mm-hmm. and also societally, this is true. Oh my god. Come here, Max. Max, 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 is, oh, Max is just living his best for Max life. Max just is like, and, and he Jess, wants to give me kisses. <laughs> and I want to play with him, but we're trying to record a podcast. So I got to like have for a few, like hold off for a second. But no, Jamie's probably right. I have helped her in many occasions where I had when I literally beat s's that she don't or know just about. or just would be present so that yeah. my ass wouldn't get. Yeah, beat. that part too. Because I don't, I don't play it, that bullying shit. It wasn't like, and we're talking like I was like choked out, locked in bathrooms. Like this wasn't like oh, I was like somebody was mean to me. This was like violent. Yeah. Which is wild because I told my therapist about this and I was like, but it doesn't really feel like it affects me. And she was like, that's interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Because, like, I can talk about it. It's, like, not a thing. But, I mean, there... I have, like, big gaps in elementary school memory. Probably because of trauma. Mm-hmm. But what I never forgot was that I had a best friend who... And I knew if I told you everything when it was happening, was you would get, like... swing it! No, I knew you would get suspended. I, I probably would have. For beating the ever-loving and I shit out of my like, like, what am I up here for? Well, somebody was bullying Jamie. Well, then, what's the problem? Oh, no. If we told your mom... My mom wouldn't... Have, I think my mom would have been okay if I got suspended for you. I swear to you. I your, swear to you. Your mom would have whipped Amber's ass herself. And whipped Amber's mother ass, too. Yep. <laughs> Just for the fact, like, oh, Val, I got this. I got this. Well, did I ever tell you about at after school when she was locking me in that bathroom by the cafeteria and my mom walked in and my mom... Val was ready. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hear about this one. <laughs> what? Yeah. No, it's okay. In our elementary school, there was I want a- you to know, Jamie still sits the same way she used to sit in first grade with her legs spread open yeah. pigeon-toed. Yeah. Is, I wish I could see her. Because she's, she's been sitting like this for the last 26 years. I've known her. That's really funny. And what it looks true. painful to others is literally comfortable as hell to her. Yeah, it feels like I'm stretching my legs right now. Um, <laughs> no, so our elementary school, there, we had a cap, we had obviously a cafeteria, and there was a single like stall, not a single stall, but like 
a single restroom like right outside the cafeteria. Um, I think it was like the handicapped bathroom. It was. Um, it was right across the also, right across the hall from the music room. Also, when I tell you this, are you not imagining that smell of that hallway in your head it right now? Like peanuts. Piss. It smells like peanuts and piss. Yeah. <laughs> it was because not. It was good. a handicapped bathroom because of the special, the special, the uh, special needs kids use that yeah. bathroom. But so when we were in, when we were in after school, like that's the bathroom we would use. Yeah. It was right outside it was right the, the cafeteria. Yeah. Um, and. I went to go use the bathroom. You probably had already been picked up for the day because you were not there. But yeah, I wasn't home with Julia. <laughs> um, but I was in the bathroom and Amber was holding the handle to keep it shut so I couldn't get out. And my mom was walking in to pick me up and saw it happening. And I, I very vague memories of this again. Trauma is probably why. But my mom like screamed at her and was like. Ooh, Val held was there. Yeah. And I want you to know, Amber was a frail little bitch. Amber <laughs> didn't have no weight to her. She literally was the size of a toothpick. So the way that Jamie used to be shook by this, you, I'm like, you can fuck her up, son. Like, for real, for real. <laughs> no, she but this big, dog. No, you could have decked her once and she would have gone flying. Yeah, Amber never wanted to smoke with me. That's why she, I feel like she always backed down. I'm like, oh, so how does it feel to be when the bully gets bullied? I don't give a damn. Yeah. Because I'm bigger than you. Yeah. Literally bigger than you in height and, and bigger than you in mass. I will fling your ass. And just a bigger and better person. I mean that too. I have better integrity. Yeah. Well, she had none. She didn't have she, any. She and let me tell you how much me. she didn't have integrity. Because this is when I knew that she was really fucking with Jamie, y'all. Let me tell you how. Because it was one day, it was after school. And I think Jamie was sitting at a table. I bet you I don't remember that. And we were in that same bathroom. <laughs> because Amber had to pee. And she was, something had happened. And... She literally went and took an apple into the bathroom and peed on the apple and was about to give it to yeah. Jamie. And I said, what the fuck did you just do? I didn't say it like that because I know I wasn't cursing that when I was six. I was we like, Ew. I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, I'm about to give this to Jamie. I said, did you just pee on that apple? She was like, yeah, it's going to make her sick. I said, give me that damn apple. I threw it and I pushed her. I said, if you ever do something like that again to my best friend, I will beat you up. <laughs> she was like, it was just going to be a joke. I said, and who the, who's laughing? It's not funny. Because if you're really sure, you can poison this girl. Yeah. I said, you really lost your mind. I didn't say it like that because y'all know I'm probably improvising and giving improv, but y'all know I probably went the fuck off on her because I know I did because I've always had a mouth. I know I did. And she and she would never pull anything if you were in the room. Oh, yeah, never. Ever. She tried to do some shit when we was in, when we had gym because we had Mr. McCormick who happened to be our track, uh, my track coach later down the line. Mr. McCormick. And we didn't get lockers and stuff, which I still have my locker and have the padlock. And I have it specifically <laughs> when I beat her ass because it's still some dents in it from when I be- busted her shit. Um, she tried to lock Jamie in the locker one time we were changing for gym because you know you have that time where they start making you start to change because your body changes yeah, and they like want you sweating grade. in your clothes. <laughs> She tried to stop Jamie in the locker, and I caught that shit. I said, what the hell? Yeah, you know, okay, wait. I, that memory just came back. <laughs> and remember, that locker room was dark and dingy. Yep. Because yeah, it was like the supplies was in behind a little crate, yes. and it was like the two set of lockers. Yeah. And it was like literally a low-lit room. And I see yeah. her trying to push Jamie in the locker. I said, what the hell? Yeah, somebody sent us, I think it was an after school, somebody sent us to like the art room to get something. Just yes. in November, and she took me by the throat and shoved me against the wall. Wow. Yeah, it had to be Miss. It had to be Miss. Um, I want to say it was Miss Mitchell, because Miss Mitchell was an after school teacher. Yeah, but I feel like that's when like. I, but back to what we were saying, like, I don't know. I feel like what you saying that you went to college and you were like, yo, I gotta be a change. I feel like that was like necessary then. Yeah. Because I don't feel like you really had to advocate for me in childhood because we didn't have that discrepancy. No. Well, also especially like 
being we were in the White Plains bubble forever. So like That's true. while yes, of course there were still things that you experienced that were, you know, unequal or inequitable. It was different because of the environment that we were in. So going to college and being around a ton of other people who we did not grow up with, lots of whom, you know, may have come from places that are not diverse and they have no clue and like the inherent racism that can come with not growing up in a diverse place, it was even more eye-opening. Um, and then um, when I transferred to Pace, two months later, um, I lost a classmate to police violence. Yeah, I, went, I was at Pace when DJ Henry was murdered. Wow, I remember that case. Yeah. Um, all over at a bar with a misunderstanding. Yeah, no. It, you know what the worst part was? And I know a lot of people, like, I maybe said hi to him once in passing, so I didn't really know him, but um, it was a semester I transferred in, and he it was homecoming, like, he had just played the football game. There was a fight that broke out of the bar, so he and his friends were like, let's just leave. And he pulled up to pick up a couple of friends. One cop told him to pull up, and another one jumped on the hood of his car and started shooting. And what gets me the most is this cop tried to say that he hit him with the car, but if he hit you with his car, how did you have the wherewithal to pull your gun out and shoot him? And have such close range, because trajectory bullets, I mean, that is something that they do for forensics. Yeah, no, so like, I mean, this man literally jumped on the hood of the car, and um, and it, yeah, it like, being, you know, on campus and like really experiencing this not exactly firsthand because I didn't know DJ, right. but um, it really, like, my ex ended up tra- going to grad school at Pace, and he tried to say something once, and I lost it on him, and I was like, you do not know anything. You were not here when this happened. You do not know the fear that was across this campus and that we all experienced and the heartbreak and how scary it was and how real it made it, especially because when this happened, it was uh, the fall of 2010. So it was before a lot of the news stories were coming out that all of this was happening. Not that it wasn't happening, because right. it was, but we weren't as aware at the time. Right. Um, but that was like truly horrifying. And, um, you know, it was a white cop and, um, they also didn't give him medical attention and he wouldn't have died if they did. Exactly. So um, I think that was a big one for me as well where I was just like, holy fuck. Right. This is not this is, okay. This is America. KKK. Yes. This is America. Yeah. And I think me having experienced that shit with Mr. Donnie, he doesn't know how much he fucked me up and stained me. But as a kid, like, that fucked me up. Yeah. Big time. Because I always felt I was always inadequate because... If I hang around kids who act like me or who understand me, I'm jeopardized or I'm ostracized because I have the brains and spice. It's like I'm belittling myself because Jamie knows I was in wings. I've been in accelerated programs and classes with kids doing college algebra since I was eight years old. So I've always been beyond my years and very, very smart. So hanging around people like that and being categorized as like a thug or like I'm not good enough. Literally every school I had, I will never forget this. I went to Miss King and my junior year I had like you know, Duke on my list. I had Elon University. I had all these illustrious schools like Brown, Hofstra. When I came back to her that freaking fall semester of our senior year, she said, you have every HBCU on your list. 
And I said, I want to go someplace where I don't have to feel like I'm an outcast. I want to actually feel like I'm welcome and be having an education or being smart. Is it something that I have to fight against every day to be looked down upon because I do have a brain and I don't have to feel like I'm inadequate because I don't act like the girl who's supposed to be the Oreo. So yes, I, she was like, that's a 360, what's the change? I said, just ask your teaching systems. And my, I was like, keep a monitor on your teachers. Yep. Yeah. Because I've been in, I was in AP and honors classes literally from the time I got to the high school. So to have that and make them not really change my trajectory to want to just go to HBCUs because I just was tired all the time in the fight. Yeah. That shit hit me at 16 years old. Yeah. And it's insane because, I mean, literally since elementary school, you've been in accelerated programs. And I want the record to show I have not. (laughs) I absolutely have not. I took two AP classes in high school and that was it because I wanted to chill and coast. And Jess has always been unbelievably driven and curious about the world and learning. Um, I, I hate that you had to you know change paths like that but i know that you had the best college experience oh yeah definitely and you were so shout out to Dell state i was gonna say you were so happy at delaware and now when every i don't always text them to you but every single time i see a dst license plate holder oh yeah I jamie be knowing <laughs> jamie be knowing she know all about them 22 she know about joan trump she know about all of that also um the sorority that i brought to campus at pace is at hbcu's cultural period so the girl is hip so now that y'all know y'all can dab on that one so you're pretty much my bestie for the restie that's what we call each other but you're my sister yeah sometimes the world feels we need to choose a side why do you feel this is so like i feel like i'm told i have to like like i was saying with mr donahue i gotta choose to be black or i gotta choose to be educated why can't i just be a black educated female why i gotta choose to be one or the other why do I gotta choose to be an athlete, but I can't be yeah. a scholar? But I've always been a scholar athlete. Like I feel it's always been a discrepancy. Like, and the world makes you feel like if you have people that you don't that are not a part of your cultural similarities, or you know, you're pretty much being a sellout. I'm like, what? That's what it is. So because I have friends of other ethnicities, I'm a sellout. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so you're making me choose. It's, Sorry for you. I'm not going to. It's um. I mean, if you want, if you want my opinion. I genuinely think it's because being an intelligent, well-educated, well-read, athletic, smart, black person or black woman makes people uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Which is ridiculous. Like, it's more comfortable to be like, oh, you're this category. Exactly. Box you in. Yeah. And... You know, I mean, it's people like are like, oh, I can put this person in like this box and this category, and that's where they are, and never understood it. Um, and maybe that's me being naive, or because of the way that we grew up, and always thinking that like you could do anything, right? And knowing, like you in particular, knowing that you could literally do anything. <laughs> you could have gone into any field. You could. You like. We're also forgetting, by the way, you're an incredibly talented artist. Like, I mean, <laughs> since elementary school, like, hello. like I'd like to make a request for a jean jacket. Just saying, um, I mean, it's not a problem. <laughs> you, got, like, you got first dibs, bro. You got first dibs. Um, but like, it's yeah. People are uncomfortable by you know, like about what they don't they know, don't, what they don't know, and what they don't understand. That part, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, and 
Why? I you, don't get it. <laughs> Max wants to be all up on Auntie Jess. He so does. Bad. He does. And I don't blame him because you know I'm I'm a dog lover. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just think I don't I don't feel like you feel like they've had to make you choose a side. Like when it comes to your advocacy of being like um, an ally or like in general. You know, um, Maxie. Maxie. Max, not everybody wants to make out with you. Come here. Maxie, can I breathe? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I can't even move my head. <laughs> Come here. Come here. I think um, it was important. It was always really important to me um, to not give a fuck if somebody was trying to make me choose. Uh, you you know, advocating. Um, and even down to her family members, guys. Oh, yeah. If anybody said anything <laughs> to me, I'd fucking cut them off immediately. Not even a question. Um, but no, like I, you know what it is. I just, I, I've never felt like I had to choose because it's not a choice to me. Right. It's, it's not. I would do anything for you. And, and I would. Yeah, totally. But like I'm beating bitches up. <laughs> Amber. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I'll be surprised somebody said this to me. Like, oh, they was talking shit. I'm like, yeah, and I said it to your face two years ago. So this ain't nothing new, beloved. Let her try to say something to me when I won't add her back on Facebook. <laughs> Mind you, press the you press the request of friend that you used to a person she that you've never been friends with. Didn't I text you when that happened too? Yeah. I was like, you'll never guess who tried to add me on Facebook. And I'm like, what? No. Then I went back to look at our old elementary school yearbook and then our old elementary school shirt, and I'm like, girl, uh, you're not that girl. No. Amber's never been built. I want y'all to know Amber was never built to be that girl to really ever fight. Because I used to fight Amber's battles. So pretty much you used to try to make me choose a side. Like, you got to be friends with her. And I feel like that's another reason why she didn't like me. Because she's like, you can't fight for both of us because I'm trying to be against her. Well, bitch, that's your problem. Because I'm trying to beat the shit out of Jamie. You can't be friends with her. That's your problem. Not my problem, beloved. <laughs> um, but no, it's never felt like a choice. So I guess it never permeated for me where I was like, I have to choose, you know, like... It doesn't make me feel like less of a Jewish person right. or anything. It's this is too, you're a part of who I am. Like we grew up together. We, you know, we really like we were it for each other in elementary school. So like it's never oh, it's never been it's never been something that I've ever felt was a choice because it feels Nate. It just because it's always us versus them. Yep. Period. <laughs> it's so true. But that is that's valid though. But I feel like Amanda Seals like brought up a real quite a very a very valid point when she said just because you're not racist doesn't mean you're an ally. Yep. And I agree with that statement because like why do you feel a lot of Caucasian people and I say Caucasians because they be really having a lot of audacity on saying yep. <laughs> deem themselves ally when they do no work. Like you don't try to you want to call yourself an ally but you're not out here fighting for the cause. You're not out here actually in the streets. You're not out here you know making sure you're trying to make the change you're really just talking that fluff and stuff you want to know why they do that it's because it makes them feel better oh it's the white guilt huh yeah it's the white guilt Mm. and Mm -hmm. i mean you know like listen i take i take a little bit of solace in knowing that my relatives came here very recently and so i wasn't a part of what the fuck was happening in this country um but that doesn't mean that my ancestors weren't involved and i try to be very aware and also use my voice the way i can but people like to say things and not follow up on them nobody wants to do the hard work but everybody wants to feel it's it's the white guilt and feeling like well but i am not a racist the white tears yeah and it's like just because you're not racist doesn't mean that you're doing things to make the world a better place for people who are not white especially black people like you have to do you have to learn you have to take the time and really understand 
otherwise just because you're not actively racist you're not helping the situation in fact that bullshit isn't is hurting it's damaging especially and i feel like the prime example of what she's probably pretty much saying is if you're a mortgager at a bank and you have the option to give this black family a loan to be able to go ahead and get their dream home and you know that they have all the qualifications nothing wrong with their background check they have the deposit they have everything and you just like Oh, you know, I'm not going to give it to them because they're black. Like, the fuck? Even though you're not an ally, but it's like at the end of the day, you're going to say, this, oh, it's because of this, you know? You're redlining yet again. Maxi. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Max is like, I want to be an advocate, too. What can I Max do? Max is trying to get on the podcast, guys. Yeah. Maxi, come here. Ah! Max. Come, come Max, here. You have to go over there, Max. Come on. Come on. You just don't want to leave me. I understand. I get it, right? <laughs> um... <laughs> But no, I just feel like that's what it is. Like it's like okay, well, you knew you had the opportunity to make a change, yeah. or if your manager says I'm gonna deny this, and you know for the fact that they have no real true stigma, yep. and you sit there and let it happen, it's like for what? And it's the same thing when they say with cops. If you know there's somebody that's a bad cop and you're a good cop and you watch the bad cop do what they do, you don't try to make a, a way to go ahead and write their yeah. tell them that they're wrong. You're just as bad as the bad cop by association now oh, because totally. you're not taking the stance. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing as we say about, it, you know, it's, and this tweet's been going around again recently where it's like, yeah, we know that it's not all men, but we don't know which one, so we have to assume it's all of them. Okay. Period. You know? Yeah, we know it's not all cops, but if you're not out there saying shit, making changes, holding your colleagues accountable, you're, you're just making this. You're just as bad worse. as the problem. Yes. You may as well. It takes yeah. one rotten apple. Yep. To trickle down and rot all the other apples. If you don't separate yourself and try to be the difference, then you're just never, you're not going to rot. That's just how I feel. Yeah. But given the last few years, events that have occurred nationally mm-hmm. and globally, you know, we have the, you know, Ahmaud Arbery, we had, you know, George Floyd, which was a yeah. big uprising. Even right now with racism in Ukraine for the refugees, where they're literally distinctly saying we're Mm -hmm. picking white Ukrainians Mm -hmm. over the Africans who don't even live in this country. What do you feel is needed to actually unify all ethnicities for them to not feel like the human race is literally not just one race, to really be honest? I mean, this comes from a place of, like, growing up differently than a lot of people. It's just listening and loving human beings. I've never understood wanting to hurt other people, wanting to make other people feel bad. Um, and I was, and I was bullied. So like, you know, like I know what it like in individually feels like to be like marginalized as a child and like was absolutely have, you know, the shit knocked out of me. But like, we all need to like love a lot more and respect a lot more. I even like taking it down to like traffic wouldn't exist if we all were just more courteous to each other that part you know why like, we minded our business when accidents happened yes when yeah. the cops are already there just mind your business yep keep driving don't rubberneck you don't need to know what happened hello you, you could google it later hello it's gonna show up on the um, news anyway but yeah like you know that that like lack of love for our fellow humans is the problem I don't know how to solve that because people fucking suck. They do. But that's that's the only way is like valuing human life and others around us and wanting to not have people have these like vastly different experiences just based on things that they cannot change. It's what I don't get the most about um, the whole Blue Lives Matter bullshit. You choose to be a cop. Child. You choose to be a cop. You don't choose to be black. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't choose to you be black. You took the words right out of my mouth. Like, you ch- like, it's not the same fucking thing. If you can choose it, then it is a privilege. 
And in my mind, as I always said before, when it comes to you choosing blue over black, at the end of the day, remember they were slave catchers originally. That's what that sheriff's badge came about before they turned into police to make it more marginalized to be culturally acceptable for them to be able to do what they were doing. They were, they, uh, police originated from being slave catchers. And if you ever look at their emblem, you see a whip be in the actual thing for NYPD. So therefore, if you can't tell me that you're going to choose black over blue, then you know what? You don't need to be in my face. It just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense Just don't be in my face, period. What really doesn't make sense to me is how people don't understand the difference. Like, white privilege, like, the people who are like, well, you know, I'm white and, like, I didn't grow up privileged. And it's like, no, we're talking about two different things here. Right. Your skin color was not a detriment to you. You weren't redlined and put out of your area where you literally had a whole city burned down yep. because you were black and the white people didn't want you to have yep. your own black, for Wall, black Wall, Street. Wall Street. How about Charlotte, North Carolina was originally Brooklyn, the first Brooklyn before yep. it burned down and they redlined and literally yep. put Highway 277 through Charlotte so that they can make lower income for them to move everybody to the east side for them yep. to have be able to con- control everything. So at the end of the day, like, I hate when people lie to like that's not what it is. I'm like, nah, because if you look at Harlem, how's not... Look at New York now. New York is gentrified. Yep. You have Caucasian people living in the projects. Yep. Yeah. Why, what? Yeah, Brooklyn is like fucking trendy as shit now. There. Once you see my thing, like I always say, once you see a bike lane, it's over. That means there's no. It's not even <laughs> That's so true. Once you see a bike lane, it's done. Because that means that there's people really riding down yeah, the street on their little bicycles. Yeah, that's completely true. Bodegas, mom and pop shots. Like well, I was talking to my friend the other day. My cousin came up. She's like, "What's a good place to eat?" I'm like, "Yo, half the places I would eat growing up are closed down because one of COVID and two gentrification yeah white plains are gentrified as hell now oh, downtown white plains when we were little kids very different than it is now i see somebody i'm like what the hell oh. yeah my mom's office was like by where the starbucks is where the fountains are and they used to call that park needle park <laughs> you know what and that really was because the junkies are right outside of payless handling their business yep. <laughs> i just think it, like like a minister says we are each other's business and when we when we care for each other, we we can move together. And yeah. I feel like that's vibe is valid. When you and care, you make it your business. Exactly. And as much as y'all might hate Amanda Seals, I don't give a fuck because y'all know I'm Amanda Seals stand. But y'all just hate the messenger because she be talking that real shit. Y'all want to have no conversation about because it make y'all uncomfortable. She be talking about that real shit. But honestly, like it's true, we are each other's business. And I feel like if we take more time to, like you said, learn each other, yeah. understand, like. I personally think of it as that's somebody's sister, that's somebody's son, that's somebody's daughter, somebody's mother, that's somebody's whoever. You know whoever. what? That's somebody. Exactly. That's somebody like that. Even down to where people try to negate trans lives, but when people say Black Lives Matter, include the trans and gay lives and LGBTQ yes. in that. You don't just say Black Lives because you're hetero. You get to say Black Lives, which means all Black lives. Yeah, Black trans lives, Black gay lives, everybody. You don't get to make the stigma to choose what no. Black lives are. No. Like, and I love how there's so much more diversity on television now that I wish was there for us because I feel like a lot of people wouldn't feel so much against adversity and wouldn't be so afraid of it. Well, that and also the representation for little girls who want to be, you know, like, listen, there are a lot of issues that I have with the current, you know, the current president and vice president. They were not my choice. But but little, totally, totally. (laughs) But... There are a lot of little brown kids who saw Kamala Harris get sworn in as VP and are like, I could do that. And having that be a reality for them is a big fucking deal. Because they can, listen, to be honest, you're that smart. If you wanted to be in politics, you could do 
anything. I would run circles on these motherfuckers. Yeah, you would. I'm smart. I'm way smarter than them, and I really would run circles because y'all forget I really did want to be a lawyer at first. Yeah, you did. Um, and yeah. I ended up being an accountant, so I know how both sides I, work. I just want to see you verbally assault Mitch McConnell to make Ooh, and like that's make on him my cry. List. Yeah, it should be on your list because it'd that's be amazing. On my list. Just make sure you film it so I can watch it. That's, like there's, there's, a, there's plenty of them on my list. <laughs> yeah, plenty of them. Yeah. Um, but yet, like. You know, it it would make a real difference. And I I think that's also why, for you and I, The Color of Friendship, that movie was such a... Because we saw ourselves in those girls. Exactly. Like, and sure, it's fraught with Disney bullshit where they really, like... The they made, They made a movie about apartheid and really Disneyed it up. But it was a movie where you and I saw a white girl and a black girl just love each other right. and learn about each and other and support each other and have a sisterhood yes and so like and I, and I feel like that's why it meant so much to us was because we're seeing ourselves mirrored back right and that mirroring back would do so much not only for these kids but to make things that should be normal normalized right totally agree i mean it's not nothing that you ain't said that i wasn't t- you got it <laughs> she said what she said what she said so it's always a what that follows me having you as a best friend. When I'm like, oh, your best friend, white best friend, like what? That's always how it comes. Like, which I'm sure is unexpected. But do you ever feel that us being best friends is used as a weapon when it comes to validity in our bond? Like, I feel like people be like, oh, you just have a white best friend because you just want to have an ally. And I'm like, oh no, I just have a white best friend. I just have a best friend because she's a best friend. Like, yeah, because we liked each other. Because she has great character and morals <laughs> and world, you know, great ethic. That's why. She's my best friend. Um, n- no. Uh, I think, I think, especially because I would get it a lot from white people who have that white guilt. They don't really ask me. Mm. You know, they're like, oh, you have a black best friend. I've literally never heard that. I've yeah. literally never heard that. Um, but no. Yeah, which is, which is, like, understandable, but it's just because of the like awkwardness that white people have about and the conversation like, they would have to have and, if they well, said something and they're like well i'm not racist i'm not racist i'm not racist mm. so like it's that where like they'll never nobody would ever ask me of course because like people will use stuff like always say like i have a black best friend or i know a lot of black people has there ever been a time you witnessed a disgusting display of passive aggression that seems to be a way of tokenism where they're like using a black person as a token like, yeah um not directly um not directly and um, it's never felt like something, like, even, you know, a, a zillion years ago when we were, like, younger, I would never be like, well, I have a black best friend. Like, no, I'm more culturally aware. And, you know, I'll be like, oh, my best friend Jess. And if they see a picture of us that, like, you know, maybe there's a little bit of surprise that they're not letting on because, again, white guilt. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I've never seen it directly. And anybody who knows me well enough to know that you're my best friend would not fucking dare. I mean, people, people don't. People say it without saying it. And I be checking them like, so the fuck you trying to say what speak is. Say, say what your chest yeah. So I can go ahead and curse no, no, no. you out. Say, say, like, it's like, say, say what you're Say saying. with your chest. Say, say what you really want to say. Because you're, they're trying to validate themselves. And say, well, I couldn't possibly be racist. Because I have a black best friend. Because I know a black person. Like that whole, person. what is it? Did you, did you ever hear about the TikTok guy? Um, his name was Ryan. And they had the whole Nicki Minaj thing for like black content creators for Africa um, Black History Month. And he jumped on and he was like, I'm not racist. I literally have a black stepfather and my, my stepsister's that black. That literally means nothing. 
<laughs> um, and then Rai Rai Alt, who I love. Shout out if y'all go on TikTok, Rai Rai Alt, love him. He's a he's a Caucasian gay male, but he be talking that shit and getting people in their feelings like, "Oh, poor Becky, you're crying with your white tears. Oh my god, like the impression of black people is just not the same because your privilege is not working to your advantage." I love him. Go check him out. He be calling them out. Yeah, no, my my TikTok feed. Um, I didn't, I never saw that, um, and I'm glad because gross. Um, that's. I hate when we get used, and it's like, and to me, it's modern day slavery, because you're using us as a thing or a property rather than acknowledging us as a person. Well, also, the amount of content that Black creators have made and are not getting credit for. Listen, because when they, when we when Black content creators took a ban and took a, a hiatus and took a literally a boycott from TikTok for making TikTok dances, how, how, how dead was TikTok yet? was? TikTok was dead, baby, yeah. and I mean dead. Like, D-E-A-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-D-